Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Whether you sing or play an instrument, I'm guessing that on your music stand right now, there is at least one piece with a scary shift or a big leap in it that stresses you out when you see it coming. Where once you start thinking about it, your muscles start to tighten up and you find yourself micromanaging or over-controlling the details, which often just leads to a miss. I think this is a pretty common bugaboo for many musicians, so when I heard violinist Lori Smuckler talk about how important it is to not just practice getting from point A to point B, but to practice shifting in rhythm, my ears perked up and I was very much intrigued. In other words, the idea is that a successful shift or leap isn't just about arriving at your desired destination. It's about ensuring a smooth journey from one note to the next, because a smooth journey is going to maximize the likelihood of an accurate on-time arrival. And how do we do this? Well, it turns out that golfers, soccer, and tennis players have been working on improving their rhythmicity for years, and they use a tool that is probably already in your case or bag, the good old metronome. How's that work? Anecdotally, there are many golfers who say that the timing and rhythm of one's golf swing is an important predictor of accuracy and consistency, that if you can get a nice rhythm down, you can hit the ball better, which makes sense in music too and that an inconsistent herky-jerky shift is probably not going to be very accurate or reliable. But at the same time, there wasn't a whole lot of research looking into whether this was really true or not. So a pair of Swedish researchers decided to recruit 26 golfers to test it out. The first step was to test all the golfers on A, their golfing ability, and B, their sense of rhythm and timing. The golf test involved hitting 60 shots in a golfing simulator using three different clubs. And I know golfing simulator sounds pretty unrealistic, but the one they used is actually a pretty good simulation of the real thing. It's basically a little hitting area with a screen, projector, and a bunch of sensors that lets you see a fairway and the hole, use a real club, and hit a real ball. When you hit the ball, the sensors pick up the speed and direction of the ball and project it onto the screen so you can watch the virtual version of the ball fly off into the distance and land where it would have if you were on a real course. So it's not exactly the same, but accuracy-wise, it's about 99% of the way there. Anyhow, the researchers measured the distance between the ball's final resting spot and the hole, 
as well as the club head speed of each swing, so they could see how much variation there was from one swing to the next. Because in theory, the more consistent the swing speed, the more consistent their shots are likely to be. Then came the rhythm test. This was done using a system called the Interactive Metronome. It's a combination of sensors and a software system that measures how accurately you can tap out rhythms with your hands and feet. Sort of like Dance Dance Revolution, but with your hands too. The test involves 14 different tasks, ranging from clapping your hands together to tapping a foot pad that must be synchronized perfectly, well, within 15 milliseconds of a metronome click. The system measures how early or late you were to the hundredth of a millisecond, so you have to be incredibly precise. Then, everyone was randomly split into two groups and went through four weeks of training. The rhythm group had three 45 to 50 minute rhythm training sessions per week, where they practiced clapping their hands while standing on a bounce board, hitting sensors on the wall, patty cake style, clapping their hands behind their back, and more, all to a range of metronomic beats. They got immediate feedback in the form of specific tones in their headphones if they missed a beat, as well as red, yellow, and green colored lights on a screen. The control group practiced their golf swings with a swing training device called the Explainer Trainer, twice a week for 20 minutes over the course of the same four weeks. Their training had nothing to do with rhythm and was oriented more towards reinforcing the right form and technique of their swing. After their training was complete, the golfers repeated the golf shot test and the rhythm test to see what had changed. As expected, the rhythm group's sense of timing improved, both in terms of accuracy and consistency. And remarkably, so did their golfing performance. As a whole, the rhythm group improved from an average distance from hole score of 13.1 meters during the initial test to 10.5 meters on the second test. In other words, a 19% improvement. The control group didn't improve much at all. They went from a distance from hole score of 12.5 meters in the first test to 13.1 meters on the second test. The golfer's swing speeds reflected this improvement in accuracy and consistency too. Compared to the first test, the rhythm group's swings fell within a much narrower range of speeds, in other words, they're more consistent, as opposed to the control group swings, which were just as erratic as they were on the initial test. All in all, it appears that better rhythm and timing could potentially help with more accurate and consistent shifts as well, and that improving your timing and sense of rhythm away from the instrument could potentially improve your accuracy and consistency on the instrument too. Which made me think of eurythmics. Not the band, but the rhythm and movement approach developed by Emile Jacques Delcroze. I never actually took any such classes growing up, so I know very little about this kind of training, But I remember speaking with a sports psychologist years ago who had sent one of his golfers, who was a top five ranked PGA pro at the time, to work with a eurythmics teacher in an effort to hone the rhythm of his swing. Given that, and studies like the one we talked about today, maybe eurythmics could really be a helpful addition to more musicians' training. In the meantime, I also wonder if this suggests that there could indeed be a benefit in practicing not just the pitch accuracy of shifts and leaps, but also their timing accuracy with a metronome. I've seen videos of golfers practicing their swings with a metronome, so maybe musicians would benefit from the same approach, working to give difficult shifts a memorable rhythm of their own, thereby improving the precision and consistency of pitch. Whether you're a fan of metronome practice or not, the next time a shift is threatening to get the better of you, try make shifting in rhythm a game. 
See how good you can get at nailing that shift or leap when you focus more on ensuring a smooth journey at 50 beats per minute, or 63, or 79, or whatever makes sense for that particular moment. You can also find links to this week's study and other related practice hacks at bulletproofmusician.com blog. And if you found this episode helpful, please do share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think would also enjoy experimenting with it during the coming week. And if you'd like to explore this sort of thing in more depth, whether it be to get more out of your daily practice or to get better at managing performance pressure and shrinking that gap between what you can do in the practice room and what comes out on stage, you can sign up to join a new cohort of learners and educators for the upcoming live online performance psychology essentials class through Monday, January 16th at bulletproofmusician.com essentials.